0: Hey folks, how you doing? Welcome to This Week in Liverpods, episode 8. No, know it's been a while, but let me tell you how difficult it is managing four different podcasts, having two jobs, a wife, a kid, and, you know, generally trying not to lose your mind. I think I'm failing at that last one, but it didn't seem all that important. Crazy is, you know, attractive, right? Anyways, so we've got another five shots of libertarian podcasting here for you. We're going to start out with a great one from the ANCAP Barbershop. One of the least political, political podcasts out there. Most of these guys are just hilarious. And I don't know, there's just something about Deep South people talking that cracks me up. So let's uh, get right into it and get moving along and see what they've got for us
1: started because you wrote some very mean show notes about me and um yeah i I was oh by the way read the show notes i know nobody reads show notes but for this show you should read the show they're insane it has nothing to do with the episode we record I I, uh, a lot of it yeah i yeah they are insane and i write them (laughs) it generally looks like some pages out of the unabombers manifesto it (laughs) freaks me out i i was like because an episode came out that I that I was excited about yeah. that we did, and I was like, I wonder what, how Scott wrote the notes to this. And I yeah. looked it up, I was looking, I was like, what's going on? Yeah. Is Scott like watching TV and just writing down yeah. whatever is happening in his head? Right. And like, but anyways, it was one you were just being, you were just trashing Nick, me, and I felt Nick who. I'm going to say last names. I wonder if that's Nick from Birmingham and his old lady. I don't know who that is. Nick, if that's you, I want to know. And if it is you, then I'm sorry I called you a coward because I like you. But <laughs> if you're somebody I don't know, then I don't like you. Uh-huh. But you said that your impressions are better, that your impressions are better than mine. Yeah, and they obviously are. No, they're not. The, the, the listeners have spoken, Scott. This is preposterous. I'm sorry. How many listeners have called in and defended your impressions? Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, uh, none. none, Yeah, okay. So so the listeners have clearly spoken. They didn't like you speaking badly about me. I am a lovable person, and people were happy to defend me, and I thank them. All I'll say is at this point, I trust you, and I... I no longer believe that you orchestrated this. Okay. I might've orchestrated it. but <laughs> Did you? <laughs> no. Well, okay. So I, like I you asked, texted me. Yes. You texted me uh-huh. and you said, I read the show notes. I don't appreciate what you said about <laughs> me. And then like two minutes later, I started getting these fucking voicemails. All right. What'd you do? Okay. So I, you duped me. No, I told one person about it Who? and uh, I'm not going to give their information. Do you out. know, with Birmingham number, I'm not going to give their information out. And, is it Nick? Uh, and the th- here's the thing though: is the person I told mm-hmm. neither one of those voices were heard. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> that's where the confusion so it's, is. It's traveled a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I was, that's why I was a little bit shocked there when we listened. To it, I was like, "Oh shit! I actually don't." Know did, wait, did you tell somebody like local, like Huntsville? No. Okay. Did mm-hmm. you tell somebody in Birmingham? No. Well, just, I mean, I don't tell me who they are, but where are they? I'm Close just- to Birmingham. Okay. So the, the, the area code might be the same. Okay. Yeah. And it's a 205 number. Yeah. Okay. What are you looking at? Uh, someone was walking in the yard. I do not know who it was. Oh, it was probably Larry. It a Men in Black, dude. Ooh, dude, I'm scared of Men in Black. Yeah, yeah patreon.com slash shop yeah. Holy shit. This is fucking the Blues Brothers. <laughs> yeah. All right, anyways, anyways. Um, but yeah, I, don't, I was just wondering if, you know, this bit had, like... Like gone like, you know, 100, you know, a hundred yeah. and something miles south. <laughs> no, no. But, it was okay, okay. Yeah, it was yeah. a bit and uh it just is a bit confusing now. <laughs> yeah. <'cause>, uh, <laughs> uh yeah, I guess that's the voicemails. So they keep sending those those hot voicemails, guys. I love Yeah, it. you know what? I think I'm gonna let the number uh expire. I'm gonna over the voicemails to be honest are with you. Are you? I like the voicemails. I think they're stupid. <laughs> I think people that leave voicemails are pretty stupid too. <laughs> Fuck you guys. Um yeah let's move on from this what, uh, I'm gonna ask though so before we do uh-huh. why, why did you trash me were you just being silly because think, you thinking I wasn't gonna read it what did I say I don't remember You just there was like a few moments where you were just talking shit about me and I was like yeah I don't know good. maybe you was talking shit about me first and it made me mad maybe I, I mean I, I wasn't I, don't, I really offended. don't know I'm sure all, we, I'm sure it all came from yeah. a, uh, a place of love I, I mean think. I could pull the show notes up we could read through them on the show it would be kind of petty it, it would be petty it'd yeah, make you true. look bad <laughs> if you wanted me to do that <laughs> I don't, I really don't remember yeah. what I said, but I, in all of the show notes mm-hmm. say stuff negatively about <laughs> you. Yeah. I, I read a few. <laughs> just... I get, I get my, did you read the last one? I don't think so. Oh shit. That was a good one. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I bet my frustrations. That's the, so funny. The show notes are, are almost, could be a separate a whole thing. I yeah. could just start a blog. Yeah. Like you could never listen to the show and just read through the show notes and probably be pretty well entertained. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. I think so. They're they're crazy. The last one I read, I stopped reading because you started talking about mechanic stuff Uh and like, yeah, that's what I was talking about. Okay, and like I was getting through that and I was like, "Uh, I'm gonna stop. It's a very involved (laughs) bit. (laughs) (laughs) It's been an hour uh, explaining how to change an alternator (laughs) in a 74 Focus. I don't remember why, but it came up. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny though. I, uh, I I do give you props. That is a very funny thing. Yeah. Do. If you do have a 2007 ZX3 Ford Focus and you change the alternator, you know, go Please the last show notes. the last regular episode. You read the show notes and probably figure out mo- most of it. Yeah. <laughs> this is pretty in depth. <laughs> oh <laughs> pretty, god. Pretty detailed instructions with some illustrations. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. We've talked enough. Let's move on. Yeah.
0: I guess. uh Those guys crack me up. Literally, you wrote the show notes about how to change an alternator in a car. That's genius. I don't have that car or really have any desire to change an alternator. But I have a desire to read their show notes now. Who knows what I get? Maybe next time it'll be, you know, how to pick out the perfect Christmas present. I don't know. Anyways... Our next podcast we're going to be featuring today is going to be the Homesteads and Homeschools podcast hosted by Ben Pangy, who is also my partner on the Free Market Green Earth podcast. So, you know, I'm a little biased on this one, but check it out.
2: So, what? yeah. All right. Let's go back to college then. When, uh, what did you do in college?
3: Um, I majored in business administration.
2: Okay. All right. And I, I imagine some of that had to do with uh, learning color a little bit.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay.
2: And is that what you're doing in Purdue At Purdue then doing more, more business stuff?
3: Um, I'm actually getting a certificate in gifted and talented education. So I wished my undergrad probably would have like, I wish it would have been in education, but I'm happy with the business but I do want to pursue education more from a teacher's perspective because so far all of my resources have catered solely towards homeschoolers. And then as I've talked and gotten feedback from other teachers, I realized teachers have different needs than homeschoolers do. So I'm just trying to pinpoint those pain points to help teachers out too.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it is true. You know, because teachers are, it's such a different, different world. You know, you, you, different, your classroom is, There's so much stratification of, of, you know, the really super intelligent kids and kids that aren't at all and and everybody in between. And it's it can be it can be tricky. It can be tough. Um, You know, have you what have you when you've talked to teachers? um, What are some things that that have stood out for you that I don't know, differences or, or things that you've kind of recognized and said, oh, wow, look at that. Like that's I can't believe that.
3: I think one of the biggest um, differences is homeschoolers are more concerned about actually learning and then teachers are more generally concerned about um, assessments and tests. Yeah. And so I think when you're homeschooling your one child and you're talking to them every day and you're discussing it, you know if they're comprehending the book or something. But when you're teaching 30 students, the only way for you to know if they're all comprehending it is through a written test.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's... um... That is, that is the case for sure. Um, yeah, I, I, remember teaching a little bit. Um, and it was, it's tough trying to, trying to
3: yeah, like it's see not if the they all problem. get it, you know, yeah, it's just the nature of a big classroom.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, you know, it is, it's, it's, um, it's tough because a lot of times, you know, people want to slag off teachers a little bit and I get that, you know, I, I get that, but at the same time, um, it's not necess- you know, it's it's not an easy job, right? Um, you know, the, the classes are usually overcrowded. You don't have the special needs help that you might actually need, um, you know, and there's so much that you have to worry about in terms of teaching to a particular curriculum or a particular um standards that are laid out either by by the state or or the federal government or whatever it may be and that that really ties your hands as a teacher um you know some of those things that may may you know culturally in your particular area you know might be more applicable and and kids would learn better or learn more if you could teach them that and but anyway that's you know public school and home school private school but um all right. So, <coughs> so this learning color thing, let me tell us real quick what that, what is that?
3: Um, so I provide resources mainly for grades four through age to make school come alive and to help students connect their learning with the world. If that makes sense.
2: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I was looking at it and, um, yeah, it was, it's, uh, I think there's a lot. There's a lot of resources there. Um, You've you put a lot of time into that for sure. Um, and I, I, the one, the section on on movies. I think movies and books and all the, all the movies. It was it was great. There's just like there's current movies and there's movies that you you wouldn't expect necessarily, right? Like what what am I gonna get from sitting down and watching Nemo? you know but well but that's it though right like all of like you you can take some of the most insignificant things and turn them into a learning experience um and, and i think that's kind of what you've been able to do with with those resources there um
3: Yeah. And like, especially with movies like Finding Nemo or The Greatest Showman, your kids are already watching these movies anyway. Your Mm -hmm. kids are already enjoying these movies. So why don't we take the movie Nemo and we learn about Australia or we learn about clownfish or how oceans work and things like that. And so, in my opinion, if kids are already interested in something, why not turn it into a history lesson and realize like, hey, The Greatest Showman really is a fun movie. But let's look at like the real story behind it. I mean, what was true? What wasn't? And it can just help kids make connections with books and movies and connect them to their own real world.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's uh... nice as always,
0: Ben. As a, you know, homeschooling parent who has a wife that fancies herself someone with a green thumb. Ben's always got something interesting for us to listen to. So moving right along, we've got ourselves the Voluntary Vixens podcast. Uh, I get them actually through the Make Liberty Great Again feed, which is a bunch of great podcasts. But this particular episode, they're going to be discussing, you know, minimum wage and who that really is meant to help and hurt. So let's see what they got to say. I think they're feeling saucy.
4: My, my thing for, uh, for leftists to do, anybody who is on the left or they are leaning left in any way whatsoever and you're listening to this podcast right now i want you to go and just search walter e williams and uh, minimum wage because he will tell you minimum wage was designed specifically to price out black youth from the workforce and that's exactly mm-hmm. what it has that's what it did and it st- continues yep. to do that because um Unfortunately, we have a lot of black young men who they stop their education, they can't finish their education for whatever reason, or they go to really poor city schools and they need a job, an entry level job. But when you make the entry level jobs more expensive for the employer to to get, they're going to try to find more people that are that are higher qualified that they have better education or that have more experience instead of giving that chance to a young black boy. So think about that. I mean, it's just the minimum wage. Minimum wage is just a bad idea for a lot of reasons, but it definitely would hurt more black poor people than help them as much as you think that it would. It doesn't. Um, And then I mean,
5: and then like, look at Bernie Sanders and everybody on the Democratic uh, platform right now Talking about like $15 an hour $18 an hour just Skyrocketing that minimum wage And t- just Okay like like that's basically Increasing the, the amount Of people that are going to not be able To have a job and unfortunately A lot of those tend to be people That are not white and so Your racist ass Dumbass economically <laughs> illiterate Policies and Values are as racist as you deem everybody else is you're just too blind to see that because it's easier to make yourself seem like you're a superhero because you post things on instagram about about being anti-white supremacists. it's like i don't care like what is the actual um final step what is the actual result of your promoted policies
4: Yes, and I think that that's the thing is um, every, you know, all these policies have really good intentions, but the when they're actually put into practice, they actually hurt the people they are intended to help. And that's what ends up happening over and over again. You know, I, I'm, I've i been called cold and calloused about a lot of things, and the, and um, the minimum wage issue is definitely one of them that I've been called calloused about because I say, you know... Let them get paid $3 an hour. If they don't like it, they want to get paid more. They will do whatever they have to, whoever it is, not just, you know, black people, but whoever will do whatever they have to, to earn more money. If that means they need to get more training. If that means they need to go back to school. If that means that they have to work longer hours or I don't know, go to your boss and ask for a raise, <laughs> you know, Yeah.
5: Sounds like. <laughs> Sell yourself to your boss in that, in a way that's like, why should, why should he pay you more for what work you're doing? Yeah. Does that mean you need to prove that you're actually deserving in what you're doing for him and his company? You're actually doing more than what he's paying you for. Or so actually you go to him and say like, I'd like to earn more money. What can I do to do that? Yeah. Instead of just c- voting for somebody that's going to steal, steal money to. Right get have it go back to you
4: yeah and i mean okay and then um another aspect of that too is you know this living wage thing is that um well what you're complaining about you want to make a living wage well the reason why things are so expensive is because we keep increasing the minimum wage which increases the prices for everything else how like your housing your groceries your gas everything has to go up when we increase the minimum wage like one of the things that um see here in Tennessee we pay our nurses our CNAs our EMTs a lot less than other parts of the world because our cost of living is lower so when you're saying nationwide makes sense (laughs) right but when you're saying nationwide you know McDonald's employees need to make $15 an hour well now you basically are paying a McDonald's employee more than you're paying a CNA more than you are paying an EMT in some cases and um, I'm only making, you know, depending on what area of nursing I'm working in, I might only be making like maybe $5 more an hour. And I've went through a lot more training to do what I have to do than a McDonald's employee. So that means that everybody's going to have to start being paid higher. That's what's going to end up happening. Because EMTs are going to quit if they if they can just go work at McDonald's and have, a, you know, 100% less stress. You know what I mean? So... People are going to have to start paying their EMTs more, paying their nurses more, paying CNAs more. And, you know, there's other jobs out there that um, fall within that, that are going to have to be increased. So you're not just increasing that person's uh, wage. You're increasing everybody else's. And it's going to cost employers more. And it's going to, what ends up happening is when employers know they have to pay more money for their staff, then they're not going to hire as many staff. That happened. That's happening in nursing as we speak. Okay, so that's why right now a lot of hospitals, if you ever get sick and you end up in a hospital and you you look at your nurse and she looks like she's like 14 years old. Well, that's because it's cheaper to hire the new grads than it is to keep the older seasoned nurses and happy in the hospital.
0: I was telling you, I knew it. They were going to get saucy. And what did they do? They went and delivered for me. I'm just that good. Or at least I've listened to the podcast before I put it in here. Anyways, so our next clip is going to get, let's just say, a might bit saucier. We've got my good friend Trisha Stewart over with Chris Spangle and the We're Libertarians crew discussing the police. And if you don't know Trisha, let's just say it's impossible for that conversation to not get saucy. But let's dive right in.
6: So, I'm a hippie pothead. We already just th- discovered this, right? <laughs> how I got anything, how I got a career or anything else is unbelievable. So, the, how, are, how are the police viewed today? Let's talk about uh, public sentiment around the police. Uh, there's an extensive Pew study on uh, this in the show notes, uh, but the American public has increasingly come to view police as warriors and enforcers, not guardians. In fact, almost a third of the public now view their local police as serving an enforcer role instead of a protector role. It's working uh yes. in in recent years the police reform has become a major topic in the u.s as tensions between citizens and the police have grown especially after the 2014 killing of michael brown in ferguson missouri president obama after a grand jury deciding not to bring charges against the officer who killed brown Said, quote, understand our police officers put their lives on the line for us every single day. They've got a tough job to do to maintain public safety and hold accountable those who break the law. Uh, Critiques of police. Now, I will say that um, who was I listening to? Rush Limbaugh, actually.
7: Oh, Lord Jesus, Christopher. At, at some
6: point last month, I heard Limbaugh say uh, this woman called in and she's like, My husband is a New York, an NYPD officer. And it's, you wouldn't believe it, Rush. He's in Brooklyn and he walks down the streets. 10 years ago, they'd salute him because they worshiped them after 9 11. And now they'd throw things at him and they're horrible to him. And I went, Excellent. No, I'm just kidding. I don't. Yeah. You, you, should. you should not throw things at police. You should be polite to the police just as you should be nice to any human being you see in your. Path.
7: Human being? Okay.
6: Now, listen, that okay. is dehumanizing. <laughs> That's what they do to okay. criminals. I'm
7: just messing. I'm just messing.
6: I know. She's not at all.
7: <laughs> but um, I don't also go around throwing people in cages for plants. So. <laughs> I'm probably more human.
6: Yeah, but you do shoot the dogs, right? Everybody right. But, well, yeah, right.
7: you got to do that. So for my life.
6: But I did think that it it was uh, interesting. And that little anecdote about NY even in, in the NYPD after 9-11, you know, almost 20 years after 9-11, it's a it's tough being a police officer there in New York City. You know, what's really funny, too, they're talking about B- de Blasio basically yeah, but, yeah. are like rotting out the reputation of the police. Why? Did, why doesn't the fire department have this? Yeah. View? Why? Yeah. Exactly. Right. It's a government unique, I have a unique
7: perspective just... on that. Go ahead. Um. So I happen to be in a relationship with somebody that does that. Um, what? Puts and out, puts out, I out known- fires
6: or police? Or well, what? I'm
7: not going to go into too much, detail because I I don't share too much No,
6: no, 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 stuff. no. I want to know, is, were you dating a cop?
7: No. <laughs> Jesus Lord, Christopher. Do you <laughs> not know me better than that? I'm not dating anybody that's employed by the state.
6: Okay, so you weren't... All right, so you, who were you dating? Like, start the story over. I Stop missed it. The point. Oh,
7: he's going to kill me.
6: <laughs> is he watching uh, you right now?
7: Oh! Uh, uh, but I have known people uh, that do this as a profession, a firefighter, okay. um, uh, which uh, a lot of times they can be employed by a private company or by a city or a municipality or whatever. Okay. But I think We're it's volunteer. funny that. Um, yeah. Um, he has another career, but the uh, uh, cops look at themselves as such larger people than these people, like maybe a paramedic or a firefighter or like a first responder responder that doesn't carry a badge and a gun. Um, and they're praised so much more. And it's like, you know, those people actually perform a service. Like, I don't remember, like, calling the cops to get me in trouble for anything. But, yeah, I've had people that are ill and I need somebody that has medical training or I've had an emergency situation where I need, like, a firefighter to come. And then you think about nine eleven, Who were the bravest people? Not the people that have held a monopoly on force with a gun. They were the people that went into a building to try to rescue people and stop a fire.
6: That voluntarily chose... I mean, yes. That's that's why we honor uh, uh, their sacrifices. That's they, a hero, yeah, right. That's it, a hero. It, nobody was standing there pointing a gun at police officers, saying "Run up that those stairs" or "Firefighters, run up the stairs." They voluntarily chose to go up and help and save people, and that's that that voluntary choice, that act of heroism, is why we we honor and celebrate those people. We don't honor it's, and celebrate people who who voluntarily well, choose. Like I have never I have never needed paramedics or fire the fire department in my life. Uh, I actually, I think I needed the fire department as a kid because I was watching like Jaws, and I was sitting in the living room, and the, just the roar of Jaws was intense. And then I look over, and I'm like, the fireplace is on fire. Uh, but I, I was a kid, and what? so, uh, but as an adult, I've needed the police several times. And you know what they've done? Absolutely not a goddamn thing for me. Yep. You know, yep. ever they've, well, you, every time I've had property stolen, they've never helped. They've never done anything. They're completely useless. They don't even show up half the time. They, they, they've come four hours later and took a report down and said, we can't do anything to help you. I, I talked mean, to at least I've done that. I talked to pe- officers on the phone, but I've had plenty of interactions with police officers at traffic stops or, you know, like if you want to know why the, the p- profession is under fire, most of the interaction that people have with them is as they're collecting revenue. Mm-hmm. And I was almost ticketed today. Fortunately, they got the guy in front of me. I will be slower. To-
0: so if fire's not your thing, we can go get something cool. Let's go check out what the Liberty doll had to say this week. <laughs>
8: Peterson, who covered all of these stories in zealous detail, then decided to take it upon herself to research how easy it is to buy a gun at Walmart, and to prove that the guns are not only marketed up the wazoo, but that they aren't properly secured, making stealing a rifle from Walmart just about as easy as buying one. Needless to say, things didn't go quite as planned. Peterson was surprised to learn that out of Walmart's 4,700 U.S. locations, only about half of them sell guns and that they only sell pistols in Alaska. Oh, well, at least they did when I first recorded this video. Obviously a few things have changed. That didn't deter her, so she turned to Google to try and buy a gun from Walmart's website. But those were only air guns, imagine that. So then she picked up the phone, called each of her 10 local Walmarts, trying to find someone who could tell her which store could sell her a gun. That attempt also batted zero and chewed up several hours. In fact, it was so hard for her to find a Walmart that sold guns that she complained to the store's media relations team, who then directed her to the ATF website in instead. She finally found a Supercenter about 30 minutes out and, in her revealing, brave, and groundbreaking report, complained that she had to walk by toys, bikes, and school supplies to find the sporting goods, as if never before has a store that sold one thing happened to sell it next to another unrelated thing. I mean, who would have thought that Walmart would sell two-wheeled death machines responsible for more childhood deaths than firearms in the same store as guns? Someone should really be calling their manager, Karen. She also noted that, shockingly, Walmart has a much smaller selection than actual FFLs and seemed unhappy that they were locked securely behind the counter. The only guns behind the counter were a few hunting rifles and shotguns. The only thing that she could find out and about on the shelves were BB guns which are super assaulty. She goes on in her report to note that Walmart's policies are actually much stricter than federal law. For example, they only sell to people aged 21 and up, videotape the sales and secure guns with trigger locks and zip ties even inside their locked cases. She seems disappointed by this somehow and seems equally disappointed to report that, despite all the social media mobs frothing at the mouth, this school hero gun ad that has resurfaced again was a hoax. Womp womp. In fact, she couldn't find a single sign or advertisement for the guns in the entire store. So her theory that Walmart not only sells guns, but pushes them onto customers like a back alley drug dealer also was wrong. To make up for it, she was sure to include over half a dozen pictures of the same ominous gun counter. Whew, scary. The plot thickened when the manager showed up and told Peterson that she couldn't buy a gun because there were no authorized sellers on the clock that day. She'd have to go home and try again in another two days. On her second attempt, Walmart charged her $2 for a background check, which she promptly failed because the address on her license and her home address didn't match. She was informed she'd need a government-issued document with the correct address and was shocked. Shocked, I say. (laughs) She was just as shocked to note that the 4473 had big, red print telling her that it was a crime if she lied. Foiled again. Her conclusion is what any gun owner will tell you. If I were actually in the market for a rifle, I would have gone to a local gun shop instead after about five minutes of trying to figure out which Walmart stores sold guns. Finally, she admits, Overall, the experience left me with the impression that buying a gun at Walmart is more complicated than I expected, and that Walmart takes gun sales and security pretty seriously. She was probably expecting to make some scandalous, award-winning report about how easy it is for toothless Uncle Billy Bob to get himself a weapon of war down at the local Wally World. But it turns out that her experience supported what Walmart has said in the past about their gun sales, that they don't exactly corner the market, but that when they do sell firearms, they follow all the laws. That doesn't do much to support the narrative, though, so her report mostly went quick and quiet through the night, flying...
0: Well, there we go, folks. Another five shots of liberty to suit the taste buds of whoever you are. If you found something you like, go subscribe. Show them some love. Send them some money. Who knows? Everybody loves money. We get to do more of this. None of us wants to work real jobs. If you want to find out more from us here this week in Liberpods, go check out Liberpods.com. Sign up to the mailing list. Sign up and subscribe wherever we are And blah 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 Peace